this is Captain Lee, and you're listening to the Andertons Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Anderson's TV. Today, I am joined by the wonderful Tom Quayle and Martin Miller. Hello. Who, as you have probably heard, are quite good on the guitar. Well, thank um, you. Now, the reason that you are here, obviously, is uh, those rather delightful looking guitars yes. on your lap. That haven't been dusted off, as I just noticed. But, yeah. <laughs> but before we get into that, tell the guys um, that perhaps aren't too familiar with what you've done kind of your musical careers to date should we start okay. with Tom sure sure so I started playing quite late I started when I was 15 um, my dad is a phenomenal guitar player oh cool sounds like Tommy Emmanuel wow which is pretty cool so that's why I don't play acoustic <laughs> um, yeah so I started when I was 15 got into Steve Vai Joshua Trani the usual route um, and then got really into fusion and jazz very quickly so I did a jazz degree at Leeds College of Music, graduated years and years ago, hence the fact I have no hair left now. <laughs> um, and since then, have done all sorts of things. So back in the day, tons of teaching did the usual route, tried to be a jazz musician and realised yeah. very quickly that there was no money involved at all. <laughs> Got my phone bill cut off, couldn't afford to eat, was eating cold ca- you know, beans out of a can. And all, so, all in the name of jazz. In the name of artistry, <laughs> yes. Um, so in the end, I realised that wasn't going to work. So I ended up doing what a lot of people do, which is teaching for a living. And I worked for Yamaha for years, uh, teaching in schools. And then YouTube happened. Yes. So I guess 2006, 2007, the something savior. you know all about. Yes. And started... Actually, first of all, MySpace happened. Mm. So I was posting videos on MySpace. That's how we met. That's how we met, yep. yeah. Suddenly started realising that these stupid little videos filmed with one of the old plastic body white MacBooks, terrible quality 480p webcam, was getting quite a lot of views. And so I set up a YouTube channel and started posting videos. Again, appalling quality. And back in those days, you could get a lot of views very quickly because it wasn't saturated like it is mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And then did a guitar competition of all things called Guitar Idol. The right. first Guitar Idol. And got into the finals, and from there started working for a company called Lick Library. Yes. And did tons and tons you of did material. You did, a lot. Yes. Um, and that just led to all sorts of other things. So working with various different companies, doing tons and tons of video content, playing at all sorts of trade shows, doing masterclasses all over the world. Um, playing with this guy a lot, because we met via... Uh, MySpace and then the Petrucci Forum, John Petrucci Forum. So we right. want to say thank you to John. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, since then we've played together a bunch, um, you know, d- clinic tours for the guys at Laney and Ibanez and so on and so forth. So it's been an interesting journey. Not the standard musician journey that a lot of people think of. It's the modern musician Things have journey, changed, yeah, exactly. People say, do you play in a band? And it's like, well, no, actually, you know, just do solo stuff and... Uh, that's really how it's transpired and worked out. So it's been very, very interesting and cool well, to make a living. We shall talk a little bit more about you know influences and, yeah, and sure. more detail about your journey. But yes, Martin, mm-hmm. um, again, same same story for you, please. Martin Miller, 33 years old, from Leipzig, <laughs> East Germany, born behind the wall, made it all the way to the West, um, <laughs> to the Western world. Uh, started, we kind of... If we think about it, we have pretty much the same biography. Yeah, very similar. As far as the the whole mm-hmm. music thing goes, started playing around the same age, maybe thirteen or so. Um, actually, a little bit earlier than that, but started taking lessons when I was fourteen, fifteen. Um, got into the whole guitar thing a bit more seriously at age sixteen, and uh, finally enrolled in jazz college. 
just like Tom. At age 19, I want to say, is it 1920? It was in 2004. It was that long ago. Um, graduated, um, went on a bit of a depressional phase with nothing to do and n no way of figuring out my life. So I eventually bought a webcam, started making guitar videos online, got a bit of traction on them and hooked up with Tom from MySpace, as we, as we said. And then for some reason built a bit of a reputation which led to an engagement with uh with Gemtrack Central in 2011 mm -hmm. like they a lot of people asked me how did you get in, into Gemtrack Central what did you send to them it was kind of funny I, did, I didn't do anything I was completely passive about it mm -hmm. which is kind of true for all the big cornerstones in my career yeah, same here. Same be here. it the endorsements the signature guitar the Gemtrack Central thing I've been passive about all these things and just did whatever I could do around it to to make the like you know the likelihood increase, but I never actively pursued those things. They were always a byproduct, which is kind of cool. And in the last couple of years, well, I've, I've released a solo album in 2013. Right now, I'm working on the second second one. In the last couple of years, been in a, a bit of a brand ambassador, although that's not the correct word. <laughs> you will know. A bit, a bit on tour for Ibanez and and Laney quite a bit. Um, uh, started uh, teaching at Dresden College of Music, which is where I graduated. So that's kind of cool. Came full circle with that. Yeah, yeah. cool. And making tons of videos on YouTube nowadays, specifically with my with my band yeah. in the studio. That's like my new concept. Like it took 12 years for my YouTube channel to get a mm. decent amount of views, like proper amounts of views. And uh, the, the, the not I don't want to say ironically, but luckily it's it's the very thing that I love doing the most is standing in a room with a bunch of people and playing music together. It's it's great for me that that becomes the focal point of what I'm doing nowadays because that's that's easily the most fun thing for me to do. Well, that's cool. Well, I definitely definitely I think it's uh, YouTube's opened up so many possibilities for someone to make a living mm -hmm. uh, in a non-traditional sort of way. Do you still? I mean, you touched on it. No, sorry, you touched on it a little bit about how um, this idea of being a YouTube guitarist is somehow kind of a second-class citizen to being yeah, whatever like a, yeah. a normal guitarist yeah, yeah, would be. Yeah. Yeah. How do you... I mean, do you just think that's something that sooner or later people will get over it? I mean, I, I, I've got a funny feeling. Someone was telling me that like when television first came in, it was almost the same as radio. Like the radios were where all the proper guys were and then yes. and I guess before that live would have been where all the proper guys are and then radio yeah, so yeah. Is it, do, you, do you just go generation conflict doesn't bother me I, I, or? I think it, it certainly doesn't I mean actually we, we live in a strange dichotomy Martin and I because we don't class ourselves as YouTubers because I mean like I actually shot a video from my YouTube channel my own YouTube channel mm -hmm. for the first time in about seven months yesterday <laughs> I just don't upload content to YouTube anymore I'll do live streams occasionally on Instagram but I think the, the key point here is the industry, as in uh, dealers, distributors, and manufacturers of products have bought into this whole thing. And once they've done that, everybody else will follow mm. because obviously they make the instruments that everyone plays. And you see companies like Ibanez and all of the companies, you know, like, like I play out with Fractal Audio Gear, we've got Laney here, mm -hmm. you know, all of these companies, they've bought into this whole mindset of online because you know, the visibility of, from their perspective, the visibility of products is so great. But from mm. our perspective, the number of people that we can have seeing and hearing us play on a daily basis compared to if we were going out and doing, I'm going to call it the old school method, which I'll probably get shot down for, of going and basically playing in clubs every night to yeah. audiences who probably 70% of whom don't really care what we're doing. They're just there to get drunk, yeah. um, which is fine. Um, 
you know, potentially our audience is much wider and it's much more focused as well. So the people who watch our videos, they watch them because they want to watch them. Yeah. So we build up a following. You know, we, we can go anywhere in the world and we have a fan base. Yeah. And it's really interesting when we fly to places and like I was in the Far East doing a tour for Laney last year and we had 200, 250 people in a show. Yeah. And everybody's there to see you. Essentially what was me doing guitar karaoke, playing to a backing track. And that's amazing that people will turn up and see that and there's no band there. And, yeah. You know, people follow what you do because of YouTube. So I'm quite happy to say my entire career is down to, first of all, some hard work, but also YouTube, basically. And I think that's fantastic. I think the main difference between, let's say, a classic YouTuber and what we do is we don't make content that is tailor-made for YouTube. Yeah. We're musicians that make music and we put the music online through YouTube. But we yeah. don't, we don't, I don't, at least for me, I don't specifically tailor my my way of doing things for YouTube. It's just the platform that I use mm -hmm. to get my stuff out of there. And to be honest, like like my band videos get a lot of comments like, why don't you guys tour? Hey, you guys should be out there doing it for real and blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm thinking if I if I get my band together, first of all, we're spread all over Germany. If we get together to go to Czech Republic and play in a, plug in, a, a, a club in Prague, we might end up playing in front of 20 people having wasted a ton of money. Yep. And if we just get together, do a set of videos, we literally reach hundreds of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And we have something permanent to look back on. So while I love being on stage and playing live, I think there's, there's an absolute beauty about having your own like window to the world as in YouTube that you can just th throw your, here's me, yeah. check me out. I think it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And, and I think there's, you know, I mean, I've been lucky enough to meet bucket loads of YouTubers and the, the, one of the guys who's I think smashing it in a crazy way is Leo from Frog League mm -hmm. Studios. And he's now touring his YouTube yeah. set, you know, yeah. and, and it's commercially viable, you know, cause I get what you're saying, you know, the, the, the gigs where 50 people turn up and you, you know, you lose a thousand bucks. On a good day. Yeah, but, but he's now got to the point where, you know, he's pre-sold three, four hundred tickets or whatever it needs to be at every venue to make it all work. And it's yeah. all, so I think it's, it's I, think, I think YouTube just is the new record there, label. There's that, also, people always blame this on us, but people should look themselves in the mirror because, you know, if we play in town, are you really traveling the extra mile to see yeah, us yeah. play? This is it. Mm. Because a lot of people, the, the types of people who always say, hey man, do an album, I'm going to buy it. Hey man, do a show, I'm going to come there. They are not usually the ones who end up coming and, and putting down the money. But I mean, the, so. that, that's, that's really important because as musicians, people forget that they think there's a romanticized idea of going on tour as Tom Quayle or as yeah. Martin Miller. Yeah, yeah. They don't think of the costs involved, but they also don't think like, we have to make a living. Yeah. And YouTube social media in general offers so much potential for making a living that is potentially as good as you would have working in some decent finance job, you know. Yeah. You can make, we, we have this kind of romantic notion, I mentioned it before, of musicians opening a can of cold beans and going, I'm gonna eat these cold beans, but I am an artist and I'm doing the thing I wanna be doing. This tastes foul, but yeah, here's some nice chords that I learned last week. It doesn't work that way, you know. You have to make a living. Yeah, and especially as you get older. Especially as you get older. I've got just, kids and stuff as well. I was just so. about to say there's a tipping point, I think, in most people's lives. We get a lot of staff leave Anderson's. You know, they, they, they do their um, two or three years at music college. Come and work at Anderson's. Yep. And then at some point within that very, very crucial sort of two or three years before the grind gets you, yeah. it's like, <laughs> I'm just going to do it. I'm going to fly the nest and eat beans yeah. and see what happens. Well, and I've been there. Yeah. yeah, and I always, I think those guys that go, I'm always just like, oh man, like, you know, Good luck. 
because um, that's a brave leap. But you're right, there's a tipping point, and kids probably is it, kids yeah, or yeah, mortgage or whatever. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, all of a sudden, priority number one is paying some bills every month, isn't exactly. it? So, but no, look, I'm loving the, the, the attitude that people like yourselves and chappers and those guys have got now, of which is, I get it. I'm going to make all this music and just give it all away. Mm-hmm. That's not, but I'm going to do a deal with Ibanez or a deal with whoever or Jam Tracks or Lick Library or whatever. And somehow or other, that's how I'll pay the bills. Exactly. And I just yeah. think it's amazing. It's just a, it's just a yeah. totally, you know, upside down way of thinking of the traditional yeah. leads people music to industry. your products yeah. like through a funnel leads them yep. to your products where yep. you end up making money. And of course, these days, you know, with digital commerce being the way it is, previously you would have to sell through a record label and they yep. would take an enormous cut, then yep. the publisher would take a cut, whatever. Now I can say, say lessons that I produce. So we both sell lessons for a living. Yep. Um, you shoot the content and the key is to have a passive income. Mm-hmm. You want to be sleeping at night and be earning money because that way you've got chance to do things. So we can do stuff like this. Um, well, not like this because we're getting paid no. for this, but but stuff like where we organise <laughs> a tour a new, for I'm ourselves. I'm making a new album, so you've got time to do that when you yeah. want to. The only reason because, is because yeah, of passive income. Money coming so, in. And we couldn't do that if we had to. Like when you're teaching for a living, that's really really difficult. If you've got to teach in person, your your earnings cap is limited to a certain point, and you have to put extra time yeah. in to make any more money. Whereas these days, that's not the case. Well, speaking of a passive income, we should talk about your guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Nice link. So it was. I was thinking that. I was thinking that this is a great link. Probably the best one I've ever had. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, glad to be part of it. So look, I mean, it's super cool. The, the, this idea of um, more and more uh, musicians now uh, who have become well known through YouTube mm. are being asked to uh, co-design uh, products. You know, we've done it through Chapman Guitars. Yep. You know, Ivan has obviously done it with you two guys. I see it loads and loads. Pedals, guitars, all sorts. Um, so let's get into this now, Tom. In fairness, I sort of know, I've known you for a bit longer, and yep. I've followed some of your other um, products that you've done in the past, particularly the pedal. Yes, I mean, you got the pedal early doors, didn't 2013. you? 2013. It's, it's been out for a while. Than that. No, well, original. I've been using the stuff since about 2011, but right. the pedal debuted at NAM 2013. Okay, which seems like such a long yeah. time ago. And that's it. That's always been a popular. So anyway, so you you we'll do some sweepovers of the boards, mm-hmm. but this is uh, Tom's Wampler. A pedal, which was actually one of the first sort of like two-button distortion pedals that I ever really remember. Yeah, that you could stack but in hey, either order. And Wampler aren't paying for this video, exactly. so we're just going to move on. <laughs> um, so your big thing after one or two previous signature guitars with weirdly wonderful brands that yeah. make amazing guitars that one but, one brand, yeah. yeah, but are probably now and impossible to get anywhere. Yes. Um, You've done. You've you've made something rather glorious with with the Ibanez people. Actually, should we start with who do you want to start with? Out Actually, of the two? start with Martin because I was, I a the, really, yeah. Martin has a really interesting story that goes with this. Because Martin was I won't tell his story obviously, but he was an Ibanez endorsee already, and was involved very much in the development of this range generally. So it's a really right. interesting story. Well, let's so start with him. That's a good idea because I did as I was yeah. asking you, I was thinking, hang on a second. I'm sure that I'm sure there was a sort of a, a there's a, there's a, a, a thread, a thread a to this. Yeah. So cool. Well, look. I mean, that is a pretty looking guitar. Yes. Um, and it is amazing to see Ibanez getting sort of back into perhaps some more traditional but contemporary. You know, it's not all about pointy headstocks anymore. Mm-hmm. A bit more grown up. That's a good word. Yes. A slightly more mature Ibanez guitar. Um, yeah. Tell us, uh, well, I'd love to hear how the, the, the Ibanez kind of 
yeah, he's, he's the along. spec guy. I'm, I'm the inspirational story guy. So um, this is the guitar that I think was like the, the idea for that was initiated in 2014 or so. I came on board in 2015. So pretty early on in my Ibanez endorsement, at which time, by the way, I knew nothing about these guitars were going to happen. So a um, couple of months down the line into my endorsement, I was doing clinics and eventually got an email saying, hey, Martin, we want to involve you into in this new guitar, secret guitar project, um, which is amazing because, you know, like I, I feel like an absolute nobody and like the one of the biggest guitar companies in the world knocks at your door and says, we want to know what your opinion is on this. So they actually came flying over from LA and Japan, got into my little flat. I had to borrow some chairs because I only owned two chairs at the time. So <laughs> did, all you the, all the cold, guys... did you give them cold beans in a can? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody could be seated. And then we just went through stacks and stacks of, of folders and files with headstock designs, logo designs, neck profiles, um, body shapes, pickup configurations. I was just giving my two cents. And Lee Wraith, who's sitting over here, was involved in that as well, as as well as a bunch of other guys around the world. And that was an ongoing process for, I would say, two years or so, a little longer than that. So you got to see some of the AZ guitars before... I own some of them. He has some prototypes. I have two prototypes at home from this. So, But that's what I'm saying. So you were seeing that project long before we saw it as a dealer, yeah. At at one point, I was owning a guitar for a couple of months. I couldn't even post about it. I couldn't even take a picture. It was Mm -hmm. just just in my hands. So, yeah. And then when the whole process came to an end and like they were setting up the marketing stage for it all, they, they said, hey, we want to thank you for your contributions to the range. How do you feel about having a signature guitar? And what? That was the closest I've ever been to crying about anything <laughs> related to my career and that in private. So yeah, that's that's how I, this guitar ended up in my hands. So I basically had to do just very little tweaks to the, the actual AZ design. Yeah. yeah. Although you've got a few because the pickups are unique to that guitar, aren't they? No. The, the what is unique to that guitar is the mahogany. Uh, oh, but that the so they're the same pickups that are on the AZ series. Yes. Okay. Cool. So I thought I thought you said but earlier they, that they'll you... end up sound different because because it's the mahogany body and the flame maple top. So uh, right Wait, now, um, where did that inspiration come from? That is just me looking back at all my main guitars from the last fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Every guitar that I played for four or five years, and, and I was a student eating beans, owning one guitar <laughs> at a time. Those guitars all had one thing in common: they were all mahoganies. Yeah. I started out on a on a Les Paul back in the day. Then I had a couple of Ibanezes with mahogany, like the. Andy Timmons signature, the mm-hmm. 8300. I had that for many, many years. And then I played a bunch of J Customs when I became an endorsee, and I always was always drawn to the to the mahogany sound for some reason. Mm-hmm. That that is just what I'm hearing in my head. Yeah. And I was can very I feel, pleased can I feel to feel s- how heavy yeah. it is. It's, it's not too um, bad actually. Like my J Customs are way heavier than this. It's just like a I mean it's a it's not like a super lightweight no, no, no. basswood guitar or something, is it? But it's not heavy. heavy. But if you took my, one of my J Customs at home, it, they like, pff, oh, they really like proper heavy. Yeah. This one's is actually all right. You can play standing up with it all night. And are you it's basing fine. the the because the necks certainly on the AZs that we've had in the store, they're not wizard skinny no. typical Ibanez necks. They feel much more grown up, I suppose, mm. for one of a better yeah. word. But so it's got a sort of a contemporary strat kind of feel to it. Yeah, but know? still still modern enough to be playing all the Wiggly Wiggly stuff on it. So it's not like a proper vintage name. No, sure. Yeah, not sure. a baseball bat. No. And then, uh, is it is it an Ibanez-owned tremolo system? Just yes. Like, so, but based on 
Almost looks like a. It's based on a Goto 510. Right. Exactly. But with improved saddles, like these giant titanium saddles for extra yeah. tuning, stability, sustain, plus the spacing got yeah. decreased just a smidge oh, wow. to make like uh, playing feel a little bit easier. Like all the, the modern stuff, you know, string skipping yeah. and that kind of. Kind of it's stuff, a yeah. really pretty color, I must mm. admit. Yeah, it's yeah, a lovely yeah. color. So, give us some. Can you just take us through maybe some of the the, the tones yeah. on the guitar and what, what? I don't even know what that, what like, that switch does that's on it. Yeah, the, uh... Tom can tell you about more about that in a oh, second. Okay. Like, I, I can just show you some of the sure. main sounds that I use. That'll yeah. be. Is if you go to the middle pickup, that'll that'll sound a bit. Actually, it sounds a bit darker. But if I engage the switch, it's like that same sound but with more balls. So. if I go to the neck pickup and roll down the tone knob I get like a I even use a different pick for that a jazz pick as you may guess I get it like a faux jazz sound That's what I, that's what you'll see me using tonight a lot because we play jazz duos tonight at the clinic. So yeah, those are my go-to clean sounds basically. Um, you use the switch quite a bit more than I do though. I do. Yeah. So yours. Um, I'll jump between the two as kind yeah, of sure, questions sure, sure. come up. So obviously, the the most obvious difference you've gone for an HSS uh, configuration, which is what I always. In fact, anytime I had a humbucker, humbucker, like when I used to play the other guitars. Yeah. Uh, the, the six thousand yes. dollar crazy boutique high end guitars—they're amazing. But they built me guitars with humbuckers, and I never felt one hundred percent comfortable. I've never been like a Les Paul guy. Um, I always want a single coil in the neck, yeah. and I, I do the position two and four strat thing as well. So and, that's and my world. Is your body shape exactly the same as mine? Yeah, they're yeah. all the same. Right. Um, for a company like Ibanez, it makes more sense because obviously they're producing, they're mass producing yeah. guitars. So to have a di slightly different body shape yeah. is, is not. You know, a productive it's a thing to do. Timber combination. Yeah, so this it? is older, Ooh. not mahogany. Very nice piece of older, yes, actually. Yes, it is. And this is a very interesting wood. This is called monkey pod. Monkey. I thought I was going to say lace wood, but it's not. Is oh, it? interesting. So, okay. So the cool thing about this, apart monkey from monkey pod, I guess the nearest thing would be it grows in Hawaii. <laughs> of course it does. Is it koa? So they it's very be. similar to koa. Like koa. Very yeah. similar. Yeah. Different different grain pattern. Not koa. Do I mean koa or coca cola? Karina, maybe. Co no, Carina. koa. I think you do mean koa because I think koa grows. What's in... the one in in Hawaii that's totally indigenous to Hawaii and totally protected? So I that... thought it was koa. Maybe that's koa or coca cola. It's, it's something. A, it's very cool. And why but, did you pick that then? Well, they basically Ibanez did a they did some of the things to him where they basically sent me an email saying, "We'd like to build your signature guitar," which is a strange thing to find out by email. Yes. And they came to the house and 
you know, the Japanese guys turned up and they had basically some prototypes and also 3D mock-ups of guitars and a load of 2D pictures with different tops on that they mm-hmm. could do, different woods. And I decided that every single, you know, I, I own 18 guitars now of which a substantial chunk have got massive, thick, flame, like mm-hmm. 5A flame maple tops on, you know. Like yeah, thing. who'd want a flame maple? Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. So, and I was thinking... I I kind of feel like a change. And so they showed me this and I fell in love with it, to be honest. Yeah. And I wanted something that was really natural looking. So there's a coherent look to the whole thing. And I'm not a massive Tonewood guy. Sacrilege. I'm just not. It's not something that bothers me too much. I will find the sound that I want yeah. from a particular guitar. Um, and also this is quite lightweight, yeah. which was nice. But the cool thing about this is every single guitar looks completely different to the next, which yeah. is cool, but also some people are like, I don't know which guitar I'm going to get. Um, but some of these are, in, like I'm receiving one of these next week, which is unbelievably figured. Right. It's more like Karina or Kawa. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you, if you, you know... It's like it's got hair. Yes. I mean, it it does. It's, it's literally like it's been I'm not going to say what... I always say... <laughs> we made a thing. No, I'm we not saying it. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. Um, but yeah, it does look like hair. It's pretty cool. You I've got a stop. I really want to say it, but I'm not going say to. It. Come on, no, say no, it. No, say no, 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 no. Don't tease. Say it. It looks like Chewie's fur from Star Wars. Yeah, that's fair enough. I thought you were going for something fair much enough. worse. But anyway, um, <laughs> not in the Anderton studio, please. So tell us, tell us what this switch actually does, then, as I'm still a bit confused. So, th- this is a standard five-way switch on both guitars. Yeah. Obviously, on the dual humbuckers, it functions slightly differently because you get split positions. Just your standard yeah. dual humbucker guitar. Yeah. On this one, very similar as well. You get super strats. So mm-hmm. obviously, in the bridge position, you've got the humbucker on its own. Yeah. And actually, if you use the switch, you won't do anything to the humbucker. Right. But they call this the altar switch. Um, and the whole thing together is like, a, they call it the dynamics system. Dynamics. Yeah. yeah. So effectively, this gives you four more sounds mm-hmm. to rewise the pickup. So for instance, the coolest one and the one that's easiest to demonstrate to you is you don't get a humbucker on this guitar. Mm-hmm. But if you're playing jazz, a single coil doesn't really cut it. So you do have, obviously, the single coil in the neck position. So you can... If I turn the bright switch on in the amp, you'll mm-hmm. a little bit better. So this is... That is without a doubt a single coil mm-hmm. tone. If you bring the switch up, now... It's much fatter. So what's yes. happening is it's wiring these two in series. Right, okay. It's like so, a wide humbucker, basically. Exactly, it's like a yeah. wide humbucker, which is cool because mm. you get a little bit more definition, actually. But say, for instance, you go into this position, mm-hmm. if you've got the switch down, you've obviously got these two together. Yeah. Um, parallel, whatever it will be. Um, flick the switch up, you now get these two. Together. Uh, okay. So you can do like a Telecaster kind of sound. Mm-hmm. So you, it really gives you a load of options. So on the HSS, you get nine sounds. Annoyingly, on the dual humbuckers, you get 10. <laughs> For the same price, I mean. I don't, oh, uh, is there a bit of competition going on here? Are you yeah, tracking always, your... Always. You know, the, the, we're, we're in a very unique situation where two pals yeah. get a signature instrument from the same company at the same time, so there's a very unique banter going on between us. Who's, who's, are we allowed to say who's winning at the moment? Or is uh, that, well, it depends is on the country. It depends on the country. It depends on the country completely. Is that, um, are you more popular in England? You're more popular in Germany? Is that how it's kind of going down? Yeah. <laughs> It might be. <laughs> we, we, we don't have any figures yet. Um, but yeah, 10, ten sounds from Jorhan because yeah. you get all the split positions in with the switch up and down and they're yeah. in parallel and series and all sorts. So, uh, But it's, they're very versatile guitars. I've got to say, really. bringing back 
the old 70s yes. roads to headstock is just the best move. That was the, the logo longest well. discussion. That was oh. the longest discussion we've ever had was about the, the headstock design. Should yeah. it be the iconic destroyer headstock? Or uh, in fact, he has, the prototypes have the tick on as well, the Ibanez tick. Whereas I, just, I just think that, the, you know, as iconic as the more pointy headstock is, mm. You can't put that on a guitar like no. this. Nope. It the just thing doesn't is, work. This is a like a professional's guitar. The idea behind this, they call it a player's player guitar. So this is the kind of guitar when you when you're not in a in a touring band, yeah. but you're a touring musician and you go around the world and you have one guitar to take. Yeah. And you want to be able to do the shred thing, but you also want to be able to turn up at a God knows a, sh- a church gig or something. Yeah. And you cannot yeah. turn up with a pointy headstock. It's nope. just inappropriate. Unless you're John Mayer. And then you can. Probably. But other than that. No, I totally get it. it it's it's these look. Yeah. I think it's when you said it, it's, it I feel bad saying it really because it, but it is a grown up Ibanez guitar, isn't it? Yeah, I feel yeah. really bad. Not everybody wants get to be Steve grown up. Vi so. on the phone going, I'm grown up. It's like, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry. Delete, and, delete. You know, I still own like a purple RG550 with pink knobs on and that's yeah. cool. But, but this, like I always remember going to jazz college with an RG770. Yes. With gold hardware Of on. course you did. Yeah, and within three weeks, I'd got rid of it and got a 175. Yeah, you have a stigma the mindset on your forehead immediately. Whereas with this, you could totally turn up to pretty much any gig yeah. and you could play these guitars and it would be appropriate visually the, the, as well as all... It, it's know. kind of cool because when you show up with a guitar like this as opposed to an RG, people won't pass yes. a judgment on what is about to happen so easily. The shred. I get that. Yeah. Completely. And there's lots of guitars... Yeah, it's the 100% guitars that you sell in the store. You can go, it's, people are going to make a judgment about mm-hmm. you. And yep. these are... It shouldn't matter, but it does. Yeah, yeah. but th- these, these, as you say, these are a little bit more... Um, what's the right word? I was going to say vanilla, but that's a bit unfair, isn't it? But it does, it, it, you're not, you haven't got tattooed across your forehead no, no, no. the kind of guitar player that you're going to be. When yes, you exactly. exactly. Mysterious, that's maybe what these Mysterious, are. Mysterious, I like it. Um, so, I do like these. Now, these are obviously only available as Japanese made guitars these particular ones yes so uh right now if somebody wanted something like this but was in a different you know couldn't quite afford that they'd be looking at more of the indonesian the premium AZ guitars, range yeah. but yeah. then no signature but yeah. then no signature yes. for you two yeah no passive income is no mahogany saying, <laughs> no chewy from Star <laughs> Wars and no mahogany exactly yeah. yeah no i think these are beautiful guitars and, yeah. I, and i've got to be honest with you uh, do you get fed up with people Sort of saying, I know what you're going to say. Yes, shall I just not say it? You can say it, it's okay. fine. But do you get fed up with people doing the Guthrie comparison? For oh. this one in particular, <laughs> actually it's really interesting because I put them, it's an obvious comparison to make, and you could sort of go down a cynical route of saying, oh, I can see why Ibanez did that. Yeah. But actually if you put them next to each other, there are some significant differences that make them, I mean, he's got a flame top for crying out loud. Yeah. You know, it is a very, and it's, it's a basswood body, I think. It's only well. because it's slightly sort of on the brown. It's brownie, very natural sort of, looking yeah, you know, so, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and inevitably, <laughs> actually it must be annoying as well. I think anybody, he is the, he probably is the pioneer of that kind of genre of guitar Absolutely. and using YouTube as the platform. and all, you know. So I suppose anybody that follows in that footsteps is going to get those in every well, we, It's we, not a bad comparison, to be no, fair, is exactly. it? No, <laughs> exactly. We, we get those comparisons all the time. And if anything, I guess you just have to take it at face value and, yeah. and just see it as a compliment. It's like when people always else. compare me to John Mayer. And I yeah, yeah, go, yeah. You know, I've seen like, that many times. You know, I, I, it's it's yeah. a burden I have to bear. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I don't know what yeah. I can do. But, Especially you know. your body. Mainly my body, yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, let's talk about... Um, <laughs> Let's talk about uh, how you get in your tones because, yes, yeah. interestingly, you both obviously tour fairly light, don't you? In terms Best of way. Um, yes. 
I was, you know, must admit, mm-hmm. I was very pleased to see Let's the amplifier nice. getting some love. Um, yes. So you're... When you're touring, is it literally you just you just go into a, straight into a desk or straight into the effects return no, of an amp? I'm or? going. I'm, well, I, I have different touring setups. Like the, when the tour started, I was using an, a Fractal Audio AX8 mm-hmm. and was using four cable method. Yeah. With the Laney Ironheart, so I was using the Laney Ironheart preamp, which is like the ideal situation because you got the the digital effects, but the analog drive, and, yeah. and all that stuff. But as you saw earlier, my suitcase is exploding. So at some point, doing four cable method, having to set up really quickly and taking as little stuff and as lightly as possible, it was just not an option for me anymore. Yeah. Which is why on this tour, I'm using the amplifier into the effects loop of the Ironheart, which I use for the speaker and the power amp because it's the yeah. cleanest power amp I've ever plugged into that is still a tube power amp. Right. It's just headroom headroom for days, which is awesome yeah. uh, when you want to want to get a, a ton of different sounds from a preamp. So yeah, I've been using this 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 atomic amplifier for three years now. I think I took it. It's so small and light; it, it fits into my into my gig bag along Brilliant. with the guitar. So I take yeah. it to every teaching session that I do at college. Um, yeah, traveling now. I'm actually touring with the with the the six foot switch one as well. Yeah, but I, I packed even lighter for this one. <laughs> and yeah, really nice company too. They supported me like they they had had me one of their units sent from Andertons to Belgium on our tour. Because it was well, a bit I'm of glad we could help. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then, Tom, yours is uh, your pedal. Yes. Again, what, into the front of an amplifier? Always, yeah, always into the front of a clean amp. And I was also using the AX8, but my AX8 has been travelled so much that it's now it not, not in the it's best been condition. been retired, has it? it not been, I, I use it for all of my video work. Right. Um, because it doesn't matter. But, but uh, you can't have had this for long because it's no. not been out for long. Are you so loving, Yamaha, loving that? I really like it actually. Again, it's really lightweight. Yeah. The smaller the board, the better. But it sounds great. There's not much of a compromise, if any, in terms of sound quality. Um, and it does everything. And it's really easy to program. And I can put the dual fusion in the loop, so I can switch that on and off here. So you're not running this as a four cable method or no, anything. No. It's just dual fusion as the loop straight into the front. Of Always the going in front of the amp. Have you? Are you a bit sort of like I don't really care what the amp is, or if you is the um, so long as Lion it's got a good, the, well, your favourite. Obviously, th- this is what I use. Mm-hmm. I, I own one of these. It's my main amp, so mm-hmm. I genuinely use one of these. Mm-hmm. It's not just for this video. Yeah, I use the two by twelve version, and yeah. it, it's because uh, again, sort of similar sort of story. So I was using these insanely expensive hand wired amps that you could only get in North Carolina, right? And they were amazing. But then the guys from Laney, we played at the booth and the guys at the NAMM show and the guys from Laney had said, come down, we're only two and a half hours away from where you live and try the Lionheart. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll go and try it, but I'll stick with what I've got. And it sounded almost exactly the same. I think the, needs, me of away. the, the needs of the touring guitar player become a bit different, don't they? In the sense of being supported when something goes wrong it becomes absolutely. more important than well, having a £6,000 amplifier. So, um, I mean, I've, done, I've turned up and done clinics where... It's like, okay, well, I need something that was like the amp I was using, and a Fender Twin arrived. And it must have been the most mid-scooped. I know they're mid-scooped anyway, but this was like... And I plugged everything in, and I was like, okay, well, this is going to be a terrible clinic because the tone is appalling. And I am really badly affected by tone. So having the consistency is actually really useful with a company like Laney, so it's good. But again, simple setup. The simpler, the better. Well... um, we didn't. Did we hear? I'm going sort of slight senile moment here. Did we didn't hear, hear you much. doing some tones? Not not, not massive. Really. So I, I did some. Where did, where did I leave the brights? Oh, you did leave the brights. You did, didn't so, you? So um, let's let's put your dual, give your yeah. dual fusion a bit of love as well and show us. So the clean tone. Mm-hmm. 
I like dark sounds. You're so economical with your right hand, aren't you? It barely moves. I don't like to move it at all. No. Um, <laughs> but there's two channels, so you can... Let me just turn that up a little bit. So it's not like a super kind of focused rock sound. It's more of a kind of lead. Like the, the legato thing works really well for that. Is you, and is your neck profile the same as Martin's guitar? They're both 12-inch radius. The neck profile is the same. Yeah. Uh, because actually the first thing I tried on these guitars was the neck because I got whisked into this tiny booth at the NAMM show on the Ibanez booth and they gave me a neck. I was like, what's this? <laughs> right. And I immediately fell in love with it. That's great. I mean, I, so, I, that's when we did the AX, uh, sorry, AZ video. Yeah. Must have been beginning of this year. I remember. It, it yeah. was without doubt the, my favourite Ibanez guitar, and probably the only Ibanez guitar that I would realistically ever see myself as, mm. as owning. Um, but they just they played great, and I was doubly pleased from an Anderton's perspective because we, uh, for whatever reason, you know, some of it because they didn't need us, and some of it because we didn't want it or whatever. We've never been a Sir dealer, and I always felt that we didn't have anything specifically to go to that customer. Well, you know, we had some, we, we had like, if you're just buying a Sir because you, you want a Fender Strat, obviously we can go of course this. Yeah. Um, you know, we can sell you a very nice Fender Strat. But if you really wanted that contemporary uh, take on, on the Strat, mm. uh, we didn't have anything. And so the Ibanez, the Ibanez was, it just totally ticked that. I suppose we, we had the Guthrie Govan, I suppose, but even that, uh, you know, you, you can't get those. They're in, you know, minuscule production. But, yeah, whereas um, the, I mean, not these specifically, but the AZ range, AZ, AZ, AZ range, particularly AZ, is mass AZ. production. So, yeah, you know, you can, yeah. you can get but them these, very easily. Yeah, and I suppose in fairness, you know, these, you, you, you use the, the term mass produced, I pres you know, very, very loosely. I think what you, you know, because we, we can't get, we No, so these, these in particular these. are not, um, like the AZ range in general is obviously. A, yeah, I see what you mean. It's, it's like an RG, you know, yeah. you, you could walk into almost any store and buy. Yeah. And it, but yeah. these, these are a little bit more kind of slightly harder to find, I guess. I think they're beautiful. They I must really admit, nice. they are really, really nice. But well, we I, could not be happier. Yeah, Ivan S Japan just makes some smoking good guitars, they do. don't they? Oh, it's just too good. I like it. I felt a bit rude. I did, it did, didn't it? Well, I, I, you know, the last thing I was going to do in this video was ask to try one. So you two, thank you so much for coming down. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I wish you luck on, looking forward to tonight. Hopefully some mm -hmm. of you guys, by the time, will have seen these two on tour, but the video will go up after the tour's finished, unfortunately. So anyway, hope you, hope you caught them. Plug yourselves shamelessly. Where can people find out more about you? So go to www.tomquail.co.uk. Super. And uh, you can find all sorts of info there, buy lessons, do all sorts of things. And obviously Lick Library as well. People can check out their website. And Martin? www.martinmillerguitar.com is my terribly out-of-date website. So <laughs> instead, you should be checking out YouTube. Just search for Martin Miller. you find tons of videos there. Jamtrackcentral.com, now called JTC. There's, there's all my instructional products. Oh, that's good. Well, look, I'm really looking forward to seeing it tonight. Thank you both very Thank much you. for coming Thanks, down. Marvelous. Thank you very much. It's marvelous to meet you, finally. Um, yes, well, are you going to play us out, perhaps? Mm. Uh, marvelous. I shall sit and admire. And, uh, and by the way, don't bother trying to copy any of the chords that you see Tom playing, because he's got a funny tuning. Are you using the same tuning? Or standard. Or your normal tuning. I'm, so I'm normal co guy. Copy Martin's chords. Don't copy Tom's. <laughs> they won't sound good in your normal tuning. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. 
Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for watching, and we shall see you next time. Bye.
One more time, but with feeling this time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our latest podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit that subscribe button. See you next time. 